It gets away from Kante, plays down the line for Suarez. 98 team of the year, Suarez. He's a big chance. Ramos. Suarez, what's he going to do? Tries to feed it back. Is that going to come to Ronaldo? Just trying to get a foot on that, maybe. Pull it now. The man that Bullock loves. Half turn there from Torres. Vieira back to Suarez on the finesse. And there we have it. The Bullock is in London. He turns around. He celebrates the Bullock. He had a plan and he's performed it. You're listening to the Foot Champions podcast with Richard and Brandon. What is going on? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Foot Champs podcast. Week 7 we're on now. Uh, We've had our first podcast after the new year. We're back to week by week podcast. Obviously the same team is here again this week. Me, uh, the man next to me I'll introduce in a second. Uh, Colin of course from Roma. And uh, we have a special guest but a very big uh, name in the FIFA scene. Uh, but more importantly, let's introduce my co-host as always, Richard Buckley. A new week, a new podcast. How are we doing? Yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in, everybody. I hope everybody's well out there in the uh, in the FIFA scene currently. Uh, firstly, last week there were a few comments said on the uh, podcast regarding the Footways organisation. Like to apologise on behalf of uh, of the Foot Champs podcast and everyone associated with the podcast if anything came across in the wrong way um, never mean to say anything that uh, harms a reputation or disrespects an organisation like that so uh, some serious apologies from the podcast and uh, hopefully we can go on strong with the uh, Footways organisation they helped us out a few weeks ago with uh, a very good show Dan stepping in into Colin's shoes and then uh, Dubs and uh, Zalonius and very best of luck for uh, them guys in Barcelona, Brandon. Of course, and it's great to get that message out there as well. Obviously, the leaderboard section in, in the website as well that we use a lot for preparation. Uh, if you don't know that, go and check it out over on the Footwiz page. They've got leaderboards over there, week by week, foot champions results. And um, if anyone's interested to see who how everyone's doing, there's a full break up on that. But um, obviously, it's introduced Colin as well. Colin, you're back for another week. Hello, mate. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, obviously, Barcelona is just around the corner now. Uh, it's getting closer and closer day by day. How are you feeling about it and how are your players preparing for it? Oh, we're excited. Uh, very excited. Uh, all the guys are helping Poacher uh, kind of prepare for the event. Uh, he's trying to find as many games on Twitter for from other top 100s, other pros. So uh, we're feeling pretty good. Um, he's playing pretty well. He's at the Global E-League as well to get some extra competitive practice in. And then obviously some of the Gfinity Cups as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're feeling uh optimistic and uh and fairly confident but we've still got you know two weeks to go most definitely and it should be a, a really good spectacle so, um obviously when that event does happen uh, i believe it is the 26th 27th 28th uh of this month obviously it will be live on twitch and youtube i believe obviously yeah we'll tweet out about that uh in a few weeks time but we've got a special guest haven't we rich johnny he's quite a he's got a bit of a persona about him as well hasn't he i wouldn't even say a special guest i'd say one of the biggest guests we've had on the podcast uh, as of date. And uh, let's just introduce him, Brandon. The man, the myth, the legend. Kurt, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys, man? Pleasure to be here. <laughs> thanks for having us on. Uh, thanks for having us on. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. Sorry. Uh, My podcast now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, obviously, welcome to the show, first of all. Obviously, it's a guest that we've wanted to have on and you know you've been amongst the the FIFA scene I even remember you probably didn't know me at the time but I remember watching you at the G Fenty you play like a legend um, when your dad was there with you I believe it feels like it's been ages you know but like it's really not been that long no. and I remember I don't know who you were playing at the time but there was a few like fans in there as well and you know how the G Fenty arenas come on now it's completely oh, yeah, different than it was changed, but now yeah. they've taken it to a, a completely new level now and I remember at the time, I don't know who you beat or what happened. You nearly got a really good comeback. I, I don't know if you remember. Mm. Trying to remember which one it was. I think it was the last one, wasn't it? And, Wait, um, did, I, did I lose it or did I win I f- it? I can't remember, but it was, a, it was a really good comeback that came out of it. But whatever happened yeah. uh, of all, um, I remember you weren't happy afterwards. <laughs> I remember that. Um, I think I know which one you're on about. I think it was uh, my f- literally first one, you know, where like... Yeah, I think it was the game against Southport, right? which I ended up actually losing. Like, and was that? I think it's that one. I'm not sure if it's that one, but I think it was that one. I, think, I remember Afro Crazy was there, game. obviously, the player from, from yeah. Sweden. 
Um, going back to that, was that your first real land? That event, was my say? very, very first one, yes. And let's uh, go back to that. You know, when did you first get into the competitive side of FIFA? And, um, you know, when did you start believing that you, that you could be the best? Well, the thing is, it's weird because, like, I remember I've, I've been playing it since, like, uh, FIFA 09. That's why, like, I'm a founder as well because like, I literally played the very, very first Ultimate Team, which wasn't, like, FIFA 09. Yeah. And I've played it literally every year since. But, like, and every single time, you know, I always felt like... But I never really got into the competitive scene because, like, it was... Let's be honest, it wasn't that big at the time. Like, there wasn't... It's not just money-wise, but there wasn't really much stuff going on. And I'm working as well full-time as well at the time. And I'm like... It's kind of hard to balance both as well. I remember, like, yeah. when I tried to get in G-Infinity as well. But, like... I was doing it and I was playing the cups. I ended up qualifying. I'm like, well, I mean, we have to go now, no? So, like, and it was mm. actually cool, yeah, back in FIFA 16. That's I, what, I think as well, um, a good point to, to add on that is back then, Gfinity was, was obviously the leading uh, thing for oh, FIFA. Yeah, and that's, and was, that's why it's got yeah. such a good reception when it's come back in this yeah. year recently. Um, back then, it you know, it was, we've, looking at it, you're thinking it's quite a lot of money. It was, Again, you win in a hundred pound, hundred fifty pound a night on the cups, but at the same time, you know, the, the, to win the event, it was about three thousand dollars, which at the time was yeah, quite no, a big I money know, in FIFA. At the time, yeah, for FIFA, it was always yeah, it, it was definitely undisputedly the, the the biggest one at the time. G Infinity, there's no doubt about it. And the tournaments to me still hold a special feeling because it it's the tournaments where literally there was all the best players in it and it was like at the time always special because to qualify for them you literally had to it's not like with foot champions now it was literally just playing each other literally what three days a week yeah. I think it was and like in all the cups so best players ended up making it every time it, yeah it, it was a leaderboard kind of format as well wasn't it exactly it was like a leaderboard and like I mean I remember there was all the big names you named them so that was always such yeah, a special yeah. tournament there was never like very rarely weak players in it when was it that you realised that this could be potentially something going forward um, back when you were well, competing in these Gfinity yeah tournaments? like I mean I always felt like it's I mean I'm, like Gfinity they, they had their limits unfortunately at the time they, to take it to the biggest eSport they couldn't do it by themselves I mean I always felt like it's up to EA like that's when I was like it's, it has to be EA like they have to be start leading this now and so when FIFA 17 came out and all the news that they said here we go that's when I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, this is going to become, like, you know, a really, really big day, you know. Did that kind of change your perception of, it you did. know, maybe it did. how no, no, you... I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I went from a full-time to a part-time to, to focus more on it, of course, because I knew, like, well, I mean, this is it now. Like, you know, it's going to be big, and, you know, it is right now, definitely. And, uh... Obviously, you are from Malta. Yeah. You know, is there many players in Malta that play FIFA? Or, no. you know, would you say people know you in Malta for what you do or not? Oh, of course. Listen, like, I mean, I've got this vision that in the future, I think I could actually run for president, you know, over here. I'm being that, like, you might think I'm joking. <laughs> but like, now, listen, like, listen. Like, over here, like, unfortunately, you know, yeah. in terms of all the sports that we have, yeah. we haven't really, we can't really compete in, like, football or we can't really compete in other sports. I mean, there's the odd one that can come out. Mm. But listen, make no mistake about it. If I win one of the events, that would be the biggest achievement coming from here in terms of sporting achievement for sure, 100%. And Different yeah. president. Exactly. I love one for president. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> De definitely. And um, I think, Rich, you, could, you can you know, uh, elaborate on it a little bit more. I feel like there's the same kind of balance, you know, with what we saw on guitar last year, Rich. Yeah, definitely. With the, the guitar players, I think there's that much... Like the jubilation we saw when uh, Megan Sip qualified from Qatar, the first ever Qatari player to compete in an FIWC regional, and then yeah. to get to the grand final. Like there was so much commotion about him. Like we had people in suits running in. Do you think that going forward you're going to get more? Like could you see like a a Kurt uh, support group coming with you to these events? No, nah, it's funny you mentioned that because as I said over here, yeah, like there's definitely people that like as you said because for example like in the UK and stuff like that it's just like there's so many players and stuff that like and you guys have so, so much stuff going on in every sport that like people maybe don't really get behind the players as much but yeah over here you, c you could say that yeah I could envision a country yeah 100% you know when take me back through your, your, your Twitter when did you start really pushing your Twitter because obviously I think you're oh, slowly God, approaching uh, 20,000 followers now but yeah, you know like, it's really started to grow 
over the maybe the last yeah, year? I, yeah, I started, I think it was in 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, t- but I never really, like, took it serious. As yeah. in, like, I never really tweeted that much stuff, but, like, yeah, I feel like Twitter now is, like, sort of the main. I mean, I, I've only mm. got Twitter. I haven't got Facebook. I haven't got Instagram. So, like, I feel like Twitter, I use it a lot now. Yeah, it's definitely, like, the biggest. It's funny that you talk about, like, trying to grow your Twitter because a few weeks ago I was talking about how a lot of players who are competing at FIFA and esports at the minute don't have a social media presence behind them and they yeah. find it hard to get, like, people yeah. backing them and fans. Do you think that's something that you saw that could potentially be something that you can grow on? Because with a big Twitter following, you can get sponsorship deals, you can get endorsements. Yeah, listen, it is important. It's, yeah, I agree. It's important, especially for the, the players that maybe are not that well-known. Like, you know, the people... It's not just Twitter, of course. There's Twitch and YouTube and stuff like that that definitely can help you, 100%. Kind of look at... a If, if you look at, like... A, some of there's there's so many new pros now nowadays you know there's yeah. so many new people coming up and qualifying for these types of events and i feel like if if the reason that you've kind of done so well is you've been different from everyone you know 100%. whereas everyone else has kind of been like the same generic posts the same generic streams yeah. everyone's kind of doing the same thing whereas like you've kind of come at it from a, a different angle was was that on purpose or was it kind of just like you didn't take it seriously no people think like people have this idea that like what I say and stuff like it's a persona or it's like a character I'm, I'm telling you why now it's not like honestly these tweets are from the heart this is how I feel that's the truth that's stuff like that and like yeah I mean I don't know people sometimes I feel it's not just with FIFA it's with a lot of things they don't really say what they want to say so that's why I hate sometimes seeing like the same generic like oh responses or posts or stuff like that but yeah, I guess for me, people ended up getting behind me because, yeah, it's something that, like, um, they can definitely get behind. Yeah, even on Twitch and stuff like that, definitely. Well, it's very similar to real-life football. Like, people is, yeah. like people who aren't just, like, run-of-the-mill. You look at yeah. like, the last couple of the Premier League, players like Joey Barton, Mario Balotelli. These are the players that people want to know what they're doing at every single moment of the time. No one's wanting to know what... Gareth Barry's doing honestly, <laughs> everybody wants to know what Balotelli's up to if he's lighting fireworks in his bathroom <laughs> yeah it's a good we, example um, we saw you competing last year yeah at the uh, FIWC qualifiers in Munich yeah uh, just talk us through that like what were your preparation <sighs> going into the event and then how do you think it went the event for you yeah that it was a really weird thing for me because as you guys know last year it was one of them where like I couldn't compete at the A events yep. so I, I could compete at the at the FIWC which knowing though that like that was my first again I can't you can't even call it a tournament though I mean it was something like different it was like a small mini like yeah regional thing and I going into it it was going to be my it was my f- this is what all that kept going through my head and stuff this is what annoyed me the most like it, it's my first it was literally in june or july and it was going to be my first event since gfinity of the last year whereas other people <laughs> have already played about four or five that very same year and like i felt like well this year has been messed up already because like in my head already i had to prepare them i was like i'm gonna go madrid i'll take it in madrid I'll go to Berlin, I'll get it Berlin, and I go to, I don't even need to go through this thing, but anyways, yep. you know, you're going to go play, and you're going to play the tournament, so when I go there, and like, of course, I'm feeling as confident as always, and like, um, I play my group, so at the time, I think it was like, yeah, it was like four out of five go through, it was like a, yeah, I think yeah the four top four go through, and then bottom drops out, and yeah, so I'm playing my group, and um, I, fe- I mean, I think I, w- I won all of my games, apart from one which I drew, so I was really, really comfortable, I topped my group, and, um, <laughs> then I'm playing a guy who finished fourth who got one point out of five Twelve. games Twelve, yeah. out of four games one point out of four games and like <laughs> I remember thinking at the time like this is it this is going to be one of those games where like yeah he's got one point but anyways here we go we're about to play there was a, like a massive break and we're about to play and the game just started off immediately bad that first game like I changed formation I remember on the first minute I'm playing a different formation I played before because I played him in the group stage and I was losing 2-0 half time again that game didn't mean anything to me because I also did true, true and qualify so I changed formation at half time and I won 3-2 so I'm like what do I do now do I go with that formation or do I go with the formation I'm playing I ended up going with the one I changed to and it started off really bad because I went like 2-0 down instantly and I'm like oh god man we have to try and fight here so I'm trying to like 
get things together but nothing was going for me and it was a two-legged game so i'm like let's just stay calm here like it's a two-legged game we'll go again second game so i lose the first game too now then i go in the second game and i sort of really really well like i changed back to my other formation and like i had three chances i remember like literally in the space of a bit and like the ball just didn't go in and i was just starting to get even more annoyed 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 then i got my goal to make it 2-1 and i'm like i'm i'm back in the sort of again i wasn't really playing good and yeah. then, like, all of a sudden, I, as soon as I went on attacking and stuff, he got another one back, and it just went away from me. But, like, looking back at that game, it was one of them where, like... Do you I feel should... like it was maybe... I know the game might not be going your way, but was it maybe experience at a LAN event? No, nah, it's not to not? do with that. It's, like, it's literally one of them where, like, um, it was just not going for me, that game. And, like, again, I wasn't liking it. I was. I felt like I couldn't turn. I felt like I couldn't create as much as I wanted to. And uh, a, a point I want to talk in, and I'm sure Rich can elaborate on this as well. Uh, a lot. We were commentating over that event. Um, one thing that we pointed out quite a lot when we were commentating was that you know a lot of the guys that finished fourth were beating the guys that finished top. Not just in your case, but yeah, yeah, um, it didn't happen just in my case. It, was, was it really, was it a yeah. case of maybe not for you, but do you think at the same time could you see it as you know a mindset thing you know if you're finishing top you're thinking at the same time I should be able to you know get it, through it this. crossed my mind for sure that like I'm like I'm facing a guy that finished on one point one point in any <laughs> in any other situation he's not going through and stuff like that yeah. and like when you go in the game he's got nothing to lose I've got everything to lose but it's not just that again it's just yeah it's just the way the game went it was just Again, I believe if I play that same series again ten times, I believe I can win eight, eight or nine times. Yeah, now we start again fresh. You know, I can play in the first. Tournament. At the one events, um, the accounts are unlocked. Yeah. You use any player. Yeah. Uh, up to a certain cut-off date. Do you change your team uh, from what you qualified with online? Or? Well, in Munich, I didn't because like I was rich enough to have every player in the game but yeah. for Barcelona this is going to be really really interesting I even put out a tweet because I'm not that rich this year I mean like I've got like Ronaldo and stuff but like I, I haven't been able to try a lot of the players so my team is going to 100% change and, and for Barcelona you know, I can't leave players out that like if though it's just not because I haven't used them doesn't mean that like I'm not going to play with them of course so yeah, it's going to be interesting because I don't know. Like I've not played with the players, so I have to make decisions on the sport really and see. Because uh, I remember you did come out and said that you know you haven't had the chance to get all the best players. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which players would you really look forward to using to if you could? I mean, listen, that Hiller, for example, like the ninety-one. Like every time I play against him, he's so good, and I use him for a little bit. But then, like I, I upgraded to to um, R nine, who of course, uh, as you know, he costs like about <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he took all my, he, he took all my coins pretty much. So yeah, I want I want to just fit. I just want to see how my team will fit all in the same team. Like um, there's like Hillet, there's Pele that I want to try. I even want to try that Henri. There's Ronaldinho, Maradona, all these players that I've not been able to try. And like, I'm really, really excited to try at least two or three of those in my team. Colin, uh, you heard Kurt there speaking about the icons that are going to be available. At the FIWC Grand Finals, we had uh, restrictions on the squad where it were three legends max and then I think it were three 95 plus rated players. Team of the Year is just around the corner, and some of the prime icons will probably be released before that event in Barcelona. Do you think there will be restrictions on the squads, so you can't just run a uh, 95 Maradona, 95 Pele, 94 R9? Good question. Man. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely different than it was last year, and I think if they keep it consistent, it won't really fit with the pool of players that's available right now. Um, because if you look at like how many players with the prime icons are that are rated like 93 plus, there's so many more players than there were last year. Because last year, you know, you just had the base versions, where now you have three different tiers, and now you have these, you know, players that are 95, 96, 97, 98 rated. That if if they basically said you can only have one or two players above 95, that is going to restrict some players that maybe did have enough coins or are rich enough to have those top players that, that they've been relying on and then they'll have to play in a, in a different style or with players that maybe they're not as comfortable with and that might affect their results at the end of the day. So um, I don't think that they should put restrictions in my opinion um, because I think it's if we're going to have the unlocked accounts with all the players on it then or at least up to that point then you know I think they should be avail available to the players. And uh a point that we can go back on now. Obviously, you are there uh, at the end of January, Kurt, in Barcelona. 
Talk to me through the you know the November qualifying month. Talk to me about FIFA 18 at the beginning. As soon as you got FIFA 18, you know a lot of the guys were playing draft, just draft, draft, draft yeah. to try and get coins behind them. You know how did you approach when the game first came out? Oh, so when it came out, literally, I because people don't understand this, but like the people that want to spend points, how much you want to spend, the best time to do it is at the beginning. There's, I don't believe there's any point doing it now. So I just put. Uh, I think it was 60k I think it was FIFA points which is I mean quite a lot but then again compared yeah, yeah. to other people it's not even that much but anyways um, so I just put all of those in draft and just grind the draft I mean it, to me it's the best way to make coins at the beginning and you get to try some players and stuff but yeah I was really happy at the beginning I mean that was I said that I, t I was really really enjoying the game I thought it was the best FIFA I've played in years like and that's saying something like it's remember FIFA 12, 11 and 10 I really like those games as well but like this this FIFA was special like I, I thought I had everything I really did and some people are criticising it but I'm like oh man I, th I see the skill gap in this so then came like October and then I'm still feeling good so I played the first month of October the Fit Champs and like again I'm feeling good I'm loving the game right now and I finished I think I can't remember how many wins but so yeah I've, October finished really really good for me and yeah, so going in November, my November started in the worst possible way, my qualifying, because I got disconnected within the first 10, 15 games, and that's not what you want. So mm. that was definitely, definitely annoying. And I finished the first week on, on 37 wins, which was alarming, because I thought, like, you, you definitely needed to go higher. But then in the following weeks, I just managed to get the results I wanted to, really. If you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to at Foot Champions Pod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also, while I've got you, why not check out this podcast's more casual older brother, the Foot Weekly Podcast, for in-depth reviews, Team of the Week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. And uh, to lead on from that, obviously, as we know, there's been a number of changes to the game. Some people have enjoyed it, some people haven't. Some people would have agreed with you at the beginning of the game. They they loved it and said it was the best version of the game they've had. Yeah. Um, but going through that November qualifying month, obviously, you said you'd have the best start to it. You know, how do you pick yourself up when you you know when you lose a game that you don't deserve to, or you do take a disconnection? No, it was tough. It was tough. It was really really hard for me because like. When you take a loss instantly, it was like, especially this connection is definitely demoralizing. Like, um, even even for me, it was one of them where like you have to try and fight back to it. But like then, as the weeks followed, I definitely started feeling more and more comfortable playing. So like that definitely helped. Um, and to pass over to Colin, you know, also you you mentored a lot of your pros throughout the the, the qualifying month, even if some of them didn't make it uh, to Barcelona. And you said, you know, it was key that there was someone there to talk to them. I think Footwiz Dan said it as well. He's come out and said about how important it is to mentor your players. You know, what kind of advice would you give to your guys, even if they lose a game early on? Uh, stop playing. <laughs> uh, that seems to be the common thread is that, you know, you'll hear a player say, oh, I, you know, I lost a game and then, you know, I was so, I was so angry and then I jumped straight into the next game and then I lost another one. And that's how people like ruin qualifying months. So I think that, uh, some of my players are still getting better at that, but I think that uh, especially when uh, Sam a Poacher, when he was in uh, London, when he was in the office, I think he did a really good job at when he did lose. He would take breaks and then, uh, you know, not overplay it because um, I, I know a lot of players will play 10, 15, 20 in a row, 30 in a row. And then once they get to a certain point, um, say, like, I'm just going to play until I lose. And sometimes that can be kind of dangerous because you know, your body does get affected, you know, playing in front of the screen for 12, 15, 18 hours in a row if, if you're really stretching your uh, gameplay sessions out that long. Um, but as well, I think it's just understanding that this year is, is different from other years and that at the end of the day, uh, this isn't, you know, the be all and end all. Foot Champions isn't the only opportunity to qualify, you know, especially for us, you know, we have Gfinity to go through to uh, for, for Elite Series to get our uh, E-World Cup spots as well. And then there's, you know, another 
you know, like you guys said, I think in previous podcasts, there's like another 90 spots open uh, out there. So uh, there's there's plenty of opportunities. Uh, so I, I just think you kind of have to take the pressure off yourself a little bit and not say that, you know, oh, if I don't qualify for Barcelona, then then my season's over because it's not. And Colin, Kurt said it then um, when he spoke about the rest of the world players playing rest of the world. Do you think this year with it being just the top 64 players worldwide, Colin, uh, do you prefer that as a qualification or do you think it should have gone to the the regionals as it was last year no i mean i think that if you know it depends on who you talk to right because if you talk to the europeans then they're gonna say yes this is the perfect way and i kind i I tend to agree with them because i think that you know 90 to 95 percent of the best players in the world are from um europe and then you have you know those players that are the they're at the end of the day they're anomalies right the joeys the uh the Omega Sibs, the the Amans, the you know uh, Filthy Peas, those types of guys, like they're not they're not like common. They're they're very very good players, and they just happen to be living somewhere else. Um, so I, I like it how it is right now, but I would say that you know it's definitely changed the way that organizations look at rest of the world and America's players because now there's not as much of a focus and as much of a reason necessarily to go and sign those players because there aren't necessarily the events out there there's no regionals out there there's no guaranteed um representation there's no guaranteed you know getting your players on broadcasts like there was last year um so yeah i definitely think that you know european players tend to be a bit better of an investment for for organizations right now and at the um fiwc grand finals Kurt, i'm not sure if you did get the chance to watch it we saw some huge performances from uh, yeah. North American and South American guys like Filthy P, uh, New York City, Joey, um, mm. the likes of Janos as well, former big player in the scene. How much practice, if any, do you get against these sort of players who aren't from that European region? No, yeah, no, you say that, that, that surprised me definitely. Like, that that was like, I didn't see that coming, honestly. Like, there were so many that done good. Um, in terms of practice, I. I don't really practice with them, unfortunately, because of like a lot of Europeans don't like practicing with Americans. Because of, I mean, I do. I've played the occasional odd one, but like you know, the latency usually is a bit like sometimes there's a bit delay on both ends. So, I think they'd rather play each other, and we'd rather just play Europeans. But with Gfinity though, this year they've made it worse global sort of. So like, would I mean you can't really avoid it. So we're definitely gonna match up with them. I'm I'm excited to see you know. Yeah, and you, you spoke of Gfinity there. Um, the first Gfinity Cup, it's been, um, we'll just say there's been a couple of issues here and there. Yeah. Um, you played it the other day, you won it. Talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, so we've played so far one out of three, and like, um, but but the one we played, yeah, I managed to win the one that I played, and it was one of those where like, um, you know, if you have to play now, head into Barcelona, you have to practice and stuff, so it, to play against so many pros because I played about I don't know how many rounds it was but like um, I played quite a lot of games and I w- it, my performance was yeah it was really really good I was liking the way I was playing and um, as the night progressed as well the gameplay was just getting faster and faster so I was feeling more and more confident and like yeah head into my last bracket games and stuff yeah I mean pff, I thought I deserved to win it and um, do you think that you're, you're building confidence as the, as the tournament Yeah, progresses? of course. Is that the sort of player that you are? Yeah, confidence for me is not really an issue, but like it's one of them where like, it always helps when you win a cup like this because it was about, what, 500 people or something like that playing in it. Yeah. And it's always, of course, nice to win it, 100%. And I saw a few of the clips um, on Twitch or watching the, oh, yeah. the streams. That Your dribbling was unbelievable <laughs> yeah. at some points. Talk to yeah. me through that. Like, If someone's listening to the podcast now, how can they dribble like a no no they can't they can't unfortunately <laughs> I've not seen the thing is like again not without something arrogant but people always ask me what do you do it's just the left stick like and people always say but how it is, it literally just the left stick but this is what I mean I don't I've not seen anyone able to replicate it so that's why I always say well it's, you can't but um yeah in terms of that dribbling it's it's one of them like if the game is feeling really good and sharp I can do that sort of dribbling really really well um, the only thing I don't like this year is because um, like that dribbling that you can do this year, you couldn't do last year, so that's good. Like The turning is really, really sharp. Like As you, you can see, you can turn really quick. So that I, I really like that they did that. What I don't like is that when you're sprinting with the ball for some reason, that it doesn't let you turn as sharp. So... But even then, yeah, my dribbling is... It's, I try to replicate like in real life as well, the way 
players move, the way players stand, the way like you know, I don't want to do skills and stuff like that, which people find a bit shocking. But um, to me, I've always felt comfortable dribbling like this. Mm. And uh, obviously, you're a big Inter Milan fan. Oh, um, yeah. You know, a big fan of Icardi as well. Yeah. Uh, how did that all come about? You know, your love for Inter Milan. Oh no, mine was really, really simple. It's like if I don't support Inter, I get kicked out of the house. So I never really had a choice. Oh, right, of like, oh I mean, I like, 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 pick this team or I picked. I've never really had that choice from the you know from a very young age because my father supported Inter. So definitely. Yeah. And if you can, would you have one of those players on your bench? It's so annoying because like right now we're not going through our best period. So even though we're getting a bit better and better, like. This isn't like, remember 2010 where we had like, I mean, a lot of really good FIFA players as well in the mm. team that you could use. Right now, someone like Icardi, unfortunately, isn't maybe statted good. So, nah, yeah, I will not have any Inter players, unfortunately. Going back to that, the dribbling in the, the Gfinity yeah. uh, tournament, one of the the main guys for it was that R9 Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. What, what makes him so special? Oh man, like he's so so good. As in, like I've not really used a player like him in any other FIFA. Like there's something about him where like he turns. Again, this is his 94 version as well. I've been lucky enough to use his 96 as well for like five games because his long card. That one as well turns even faster than this one. But to me, it's the shot that makes him, that separates him from the others. Like, it's this five star wake as well. So it's left or white foot, it goes just flying in. And like, sometimes as every player, he will sometimes, you know, no player is perfect. So don't expect perfection every time from him. But he's definitely the best player I've used this year by quite some margin. So obviously, like since that card's not out yet, but you're going into Barcelona yeah. and you've you've had limited experience with him. You, you know, you you obviously you can't probably judge a card off of five games. You know, I feel like yeah. a lot of players say they need at least like 10, 15, yeah, 20, sure. 30 games. But would you say that you know this is a player that you might involve in your well, squad? Like, I don't know the restrictions. I don't know what there is yet. I don't know if we're going to be able to use the, the. You mentioned the prime. Yeah, the prime versions of the cards. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to use it. Like, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we're two weeks now before, so I would have expected to know this stuff. But, like, if he's there, if he's available, he's 100% going in the team. I mean, it's either this version or the other. I'm, I mean, Ronaldo will be in my team or not. It's a great point you raise there because we don't actually know what. We don't know. Yeah. Because know. if there could potentially be, if it's the cards that are already in the game that have been released, that's you're going to have a, a Prime Ori, a Prime Vieira. Exactly. But you. You yeah. might not have a prime Pele, for example. Exactly. I I don't know. We don't know that. So and there's the the fact that like the team of the years as well. I don't yeah. know if they'll be eligible as well because they'll be coming out next week. And I mean, then the Barcelona event is the week after that. But is there like a cutoff date we'll be able to use them? I don't know. These are questions that I would have loved to have answered right now. Um, well, we've seen in the past that they have done uh, cut-off dates before. I remember we. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's we why used, I think we team used to of the talk about that. Yeah, exactly. um, but talking about FIFA this year in general, on on the latest, obviously the latest update, latest gameplay. Um, last year, you know, there was a lot of players that just went out just to just to score, score, score. For example, like Ajax Danny was a good example of that. Oh, yeah. This year, have you if you had to change your game style at all? Is it because it yeah. seems like this year's just more just keep scoring, don't try and sit back and defend? Is it just literally you just got to just try and keep scoring? Yeah, oddly enough, like this FIFA compared to the last one, like I'm not saying they're in a way they're kind of a bit. I mean they're different, but in a way they've got some similarities. But in terms of formations and stuff, definitely I've had to adjust and change. I mean, the game style is one of them where like I think people that keep the ball they, they, a lot of people can keep the ball a bit easier but like I'm not that type of player that plays possession and stuff so and again though at the same time it's especially when you're playing with players like Ronaldo like R9 he can shoot from anywhere and it, it can yeah. go in so my advice if I'm playing is definitely to go for goals yeah and yesterday me and Brandon were commentating on Ajax Danny against Tim Lacker yeah. in a uh, best of three series and there were so many goals yeah. from kickoff. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> have you found any way to be able to no. 
Defend no, the kickoff and all watching. No, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I've been hearing people saying offside trap this, the press click it three times, go park the pass. Go, there is nothing you can do to stop it. I'm telling you this right now, nothing. Because we were watching Danny and he he went part of the bus, but then like manually L to R L T R T brought his players back and like tried to manually position them. Yeah. It didn't really work. Team no, Mark can score straight doesn't. away from kick it off. You just have to try and somehow read it or somehow intercept it or somehow get a touch on the ball. I've even seen people slide tackling. Like, uh, yeah, just take players. a foul. Yeah, just take a foul. But even that, that's a bit hard as well because that's risky because if you miss it, it goes by you. Boom. So, yeah, listen, that's not what you can do. And your defending style, it's quite different. Can it is. Give us a little bit of yeah, my, my defending is it's this is where I get annoyed because when the game first came out FIFA 18 I was really really excited because it was one of them where it was almost fully manual like you have to always select the player closest to the ball and that to me is how the defending should always be that's the biggest scare but like as, as it's gone on with the patches and stuff like that it's gone a bit back where like you're allowed to like sort of teammate contain or not 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 select the player closest to the ball i always like to manually defend sometimes it can punish me unfortunately sometimes it can go against me but i always i just i don't trust the computer enough some people do and it works for them but yeah i like to manually defend like it's just you know jockey and trying to intercept the ball or attack you know and uh obviously you, you, you've got a bit of a persona in the scene and obviously yeah. you say you, you call yourself the best in the world yeah. and obviously you believe that um, yeah. who it's hard to see but who in the scene do you have a good relationship with would you say like who, who oh, would no, you happily listen, who would you happily play or do you go about your own business behind no 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 I, I get along with a lot of guys I don't get along as well with a lot of guys so it works <laughs> both ways but um, you know, when when I say it, you know, I only say it because it's true and I believe it. Um, in terms of who I speak to, it's um, I speak with a lot of the UK guys mainly because of you know, you know, like Tars, like Spencer, like you know, other Philly players like that. And um, in terms of practice games, I play with a lot of people, man, from all over. Like you know, I don't mind playing anyone and stuff. As uh, I like practice games, they're friendly, so you learn from them. And, Heading into the event, they're definitely crucial. And and when you're kind of uh, speaking about you know all these players that you're scrimming against and playing against, yeah. um, the one common theme of all of them, except for I guess Tass, as you said, uh, they all have organizations. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's one thing that like people are probably really curious about. It's <laughs> you know why is why is the best player in the world <laughs> still unsigned? You know is uh, is it a you're waiting for the call? Is it uh, it's, it's you just don't want one? Like what what is it exactly? I'm comfortable right now not having one. I'm not really looking for one. But like um, there's very 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 few right now that I believe I'd be willing to sign for so yeah I mean if the right one if the right offer comes if the right one comes I'll definitely entertain it but yeah for now I'm comfortable as I am yeah if uh, if Inter Milan come calling yeah exactly if Inter Milan come calling with I mean I'll even sign for free no issue <laughs> and uh, Colin Kurtz definitely is a, is a personality in the FIFA scene do you think we need more people like Kurt who are willing to say what they think and say on what's on the mind because if you look at the 128 pros who have qualified for this Barcelona event you could probably only like the casual FIFA player could probably only name five or ten of these players yeah I mean I think that uh, you there's there's like a level to it right and there's there's a line to be drawn between because um, the thing is is like Kurt says he's the best player in the world and you know when you watch him play there's no doubt that he's a supremely talented player right like like you said his dribbling is insane his defending is very solid and you know he beats top pros on a regular basis um but if if you have someone else that comes out and would act the same way as kurt like I, you don't know if they could probably pull it off as well as him so i think everyone just kind of has to like not necessarily put on a persona or or or, or fake it it's just kind of be yourself a bit you know and i think that's why so many people were endeared to bullock when he when he kind of like blasted onto the scene this year and uh, because he just kind of like let his personality show and you know wasn't afraid to kind of let loose an interview sometimes um so yeah i mean and but but then again like you that works for free agents a lot of times, a lot of the times a lot better than players who are signed to official clubs and, and official organizations. You can't really always express yourself in the same way. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's even some players that might have those big personalities but aren't necessarily allowed to 
push him out there. And I think if you even look at someone like Harry, right, like he's done a really good job at kind of putting his personality out there and and people have kind of bought into that. And I think it's a common thread you're seeing go through everybody, but I just don't think that everyone has that in them, you know? You know, if if you are just a quiet guy that plays FIFA and then goes home and, you know, that's, that's what you do and you're a professional and that's all you do, then, you know, there's not a lot you can do. I think it's just about being genuine, you know, being true to yourself and being true to your fans. And hopefully they they appreciate that and they kind of latch on to that. And if if Kurt was representing Roma, hypothetically, under your organisation um, and your management, would you be looking at some of his tweets very sceptically? <laughs> <laughs> Good question, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, there's a level of tact, right, that you have to bring into it because at the end of the day, there's there's certain uh, advantages to not always uh, voicing your opinion in a certain way. Um, but at the same time, you know, it kind of comes into like the motivation behind it, right? Because if you're not interested in having an organization and if you're, you know, happy with where you are and, you know, you just like putting your opinion out there, then that's perfectly fine. Go ahead and do that. But, you know, if, if you're in a position where you have you know, five, 10, 15, 20 people like above you uh, kind of like watching what you're doing and, and paying attention, then, you know, you can't really get away with as, as much of stuff of that, of that kind of stuff. So we would, we would have definitely had words by now, I think. And uh, obviously down the line, I know you've said it in a few tweets that, you know, your intentions not to, or you, or you might have said it, it's obviously not to, to join a club just yet or an organization. Say, okay. say five years down the line, Inter in Milan come into the business. Are you gonna? <laughs> would you go, would you jump for the chance or not? No, no. Listen, as I said, like Inter is a sort of like a society. As I said, like Inter. I mean, you know, I signed for free for them. You know, it's sort of them situations. But like, yeah, of course, people just look at the money mainly as, as as the number one thing or like stuff like that. I mean, to me, it's not it's not really number one thing. It's just more the thing more than anything. So yeah, I I don't think there are enough teams right out there right now I don't know it depends you know how many there are that sort of if they're interested in signing me and if they won't make the right offer and stuff like that I might not necessarily sign because maybe you know I don't really like want to represent them but it's listen it's if, if it's in the time I, I, I'm not saying I'm never going to sign for someone like if it's the right team with the right offer and stuff like that I'll entertain it for sure and um, to anyone out there that's you know trying to get into the esports scene, and I'm sure yeah. Colin will have a different opinion on this as well. Um, would you say you know go about your business on your own for for a year or two, see what happens, try and get as much experience as you can that's, instead that's, of yeah, instead yeah. of you know you yeah. see a lot of guys come into the scene now, um, especially this year that you know they sign for for organisations quite early on. Is it? <laughs> would you say? Yeah, I take it. Take a, Take a oh, yeah. take a step back then maybe and just try and build up your portfolio. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, my advice is to yeah, um, just do your thing, do your own thing. Don't sign with anyone. Just keep playing. Try and qualify, of course. Qualify for the first event. Go in there, see how you do, and then go from there. And uh, obviously for you, Colin as well. What kind of advice would you give to new people on the scene? Uh, it kind of depends on your situation, you know, because if you're a player that. Uh, say you have like a mid-level offer or a mid-range offer that would enable you to play the game more and get better at the game, then I don't see why not, especially if you're a relatively unknown player that can kind of build your profile through the assistance of that organization or that club or whatever it is. Um, Because the thing about esports contracts is they're not very long, right? So, you know, you're not jumping in this for two or three years. Most of the contracts are six months, a year, maybe two years at the absolute longest. And so I don't feel like it's it's necessarily like you're signing your life away or anything like that. I think it's just about, you know, really seeing if you can do it. And uh, at the end of the day, like if, uh, if you're out of school or, you know, if you're in a position where having that you know, monthly salary would would help you play the game more and and really give a go uh, to to see if you can do it. Then then I would say go for it and and sign for an organization, especially if they're going to offer you that kind of like financial stability. I think as well, if you look at the uh, the FIFA scene currently right now, two of the biggest in terms of social media presence and two of the best pros are unsigned in Tass and Kurt. So I think it's all about your personal agenda almost I think both Kurt and Tass are waiting for that perfect offer to to even have discussions really
If you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to @footchampionspod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also, while I've got you, why not check out this podcast, More Casual Older Brother, the Foot Weekly podcast, for in-depth reviews, Team of the Week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. Let's talk about before we end the podcast. Team of the Week came out yesterday. Obviously, that Bale striker card. Um, Richard did a tweet about it. Um, you know, are we going to see that in any teams? I think we're weird. I think he opens up a lot of things at Bay. Like him being a striker, especially in different formations that people, if they want to play like 4 2 3 1. Do you think they might move him down to a midfield card? <sighs> I think we, yeah, we might see some people put him centre mid, you know. <laughs> Because I, thought, I said that as well. 95 yeah. pace, 89 shooting, and then I think exactly. he got like 81 or 79 physical as well. So, yeah, no, no, he definitely can play there. I think he definitely play there. I think in a 4 1 2 1 2 at left centre mid, yeah. R9, and then CR7 up top. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, you can do that. You can put him put him left attacking mid, left mid, left centre mid. Yeah, I think those, those would be his best positions. What, what are you saying about the Bonucci card, obviously, uh, as your rivals? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a chance he's going to get a team of the year now, isn't he? Because he wasn't the team of the week yesterday and he could have got in. But uh, Yeah, I think that could be one of the reasons potentially exactly why, why he wasn't in. Team of the week. There's, quite a, few, um, there's quite a few Calcio A players in there. In the uh, team of the year? Yeah. Uh, team, I, 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 well, the way they made it, I don't think a lot of them will get in. <laughs> and probably, if, if maybe one at maximum will get in. Because it's, Come it's on, become, Roger. Yeah, it's, be, it's become a popularity poll. I, I would love a Roger, though. I would love a Roger. But, I mean, in Team of the Week as well, there's a lot of, of Calcio players. Oh, in Team of the Week, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Team of the Week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's loads. Um, what, what is everyone's opinion this year on the, the new Team of the Year community vote? Just before we wrap up the podcast, it was, it's... For the last, as long as I can remember, it's been the 11 players who were in the FIFA Pro 11. This year, they've changed it up a little bit with the, the timings not matching up perfectly. Um, so it's community, uh, the influencers um, in the game in FIFA, so the likes of Spencer FC, Chewboy, um, yeah. Bateson have been given boxes to uh, vote on their team of the year. I think media and athletes as well have also been given these boxes where they can vote for the team of the year that they think that's going to accumulate to 40% of the vote uh, no 60% of the vote sorry yeah. and the other 40% is EA sports themselves what are your thoughts on this do you think it's going to add any diversity I think Harry Kane has got a real shout at getting in I think I love the idea of it because I think what's going to happen now is it removes players that even though they deserve to be in the team of the year and they were a place like Cruz maybe even Modric and stuff as good as they are in real life their ability isn't replicated on FIFA so it's a kind of a bit of a not a useless card but it all like Iniesta is. for example Iniesta's another one so I think if you ask you people think, on FIFA do you think maybe Cruz or Nijngolan they prefer Nijngolan every day of the week I mean, do you, th- do you, do you think maybe they're looking at it maybe more of like an eSport way because obviously maybe the game's coming, coming to a period it's, it's just a FIFA thing really both eSports then on a, on a normal game people would just rather play with those cards mm. I think as well what's good as well is obviously the FIFA best awards were there and there was the 11 players yeah. um, obviously it's better now that you have got 55 cards to choose out of and it's good that yeah no I like it I like it Yeah, it, it's good as well that there's like you know the influencers and the, the Twitch streamers and stuff the ones that the people that use the cards a lot more and they have the audiences and to, for them to have a voice as well what do you think about that Colin? yeah it's true it's awesome it's awesome uh, I think that uh, putting it in, I think because they've they've kind of moved a bit more towards uh, incorporating like content and making uh, a lot of their um, a lot of their initiatives content based so that now they're using team of the year because usually what, what happens right is they just go here's team of the year and they release it right but now it's like this spectacle almost where it's like an interactive thing which I think it just like adds another dimension to uh, the way that we can kind of interact with Ultimate Team because at the end of the day, like, we're the ones using the cards, you know, we're the ones that uh, kind of should be able to decide and at least in this modicum is it's really interesting that we should be able to decide, you know, who uh, the, you know, players should be. Yeah. And uh, I think we've... Is there anything else you want to add in there, Richard? No, I think we've uh, I think we've covered all the points I wanted to get with Kurt. Um, 
once again, thank you very much for uh, coming on to the podcast. No worries, what's, your, no what's your final preparations going to be going into this Barcelona event? Yeah, it's just last couple of weeks now. Just finish off um, playing key, playing DG Infinity Cup. Just, you know, get a bit of more practice in it. And um, I'm just waiting now for the uh, them to give us the teams. And, if, you know, so I can start building my team for Barcelona. Well, but start building <laughs> my team. I can't wait to prepare for it. And uh, hopefully in a few weeks we will see if you are the best player in the World Cup. 100%. This is going to be such a huge event. Um, you know, it's it's finally, like, there's so many players, all the best players pretty much are going to be there. Like, there's very few that are going to be missing, so I uh, can't wait. So, do you think this is really your chance to cement the... Yeah, I feel like this is my first year, you know, it's like, you know, last year I couldn't play at the event, so, you know, about bar that one, so, you know, this year we go from start and, um, yeah, it's a long year, I mean, it's not just Barcelona, man. you know, even, of course, uh, the events after that, you know, it's going to be a long year and, yeah, I'm really, really excited, I can't wait. So uh, a big thank you, Kurt, for coming on the podcast. No uh, thank you, as always, Colin, for coming on. Um, obviously, I'm co-host Richard uh, Buckley next to me. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening, whether you listen on YouTube, uh, over on iTunes. Um, thanks to all our listeners that come every week. If you are new, make sure you do drop a like, make sure you do subscribe. Uh, feel free to, uh, to follow us on Twitter, at FootChampsPod. Um, and until next time, we shall catch you later. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully your weekend goes well. And, uh, yeah. We'll catch you next week with a new guest and uh, we're bringing you a brand new podcast. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. If you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to at Foot Champions Pod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also while I've got you, why not check out this podcast's more casual older brother, the Foot Weekly Podcast, for in-depth reviews, team of the week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. Foot.